Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. I'm doing a lot of reading these days. I don't know about you, but I was reading that uh, fitness equipment places are selling out. People are going, I'm going to be stuck at home for weeks and maybe months. I'm going to make sure I've got fitness equipment so I can work on my physique. And so I sent Cam to find somebody, and Cam has tracked down Andrew Turchinovich, who joins us on the phone now. He's the owner of Perpetual Fitness Equipment. Uh, Andrew, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for doing this. So you fix fitness equipment, and I understand you are very busy. People are having you come fix their fitness equipment. Yes, that's right. Tell us about it. Compared uh, Compared to before and then now, how much busier are you, Andrew? Uh, Around 50% more, 40-50% more calls than before. And it's people calling you up saying, hey, I've got a stair climber or a stationary bicycle or whatever the piece of equipment is, and it's not working right, and they're thinking, hey, I'm going to be at home for a while. I'm going to call Andrew, get him to fix it so I can use it. That's right. We have uh, such calls, and we try to respond. And this, right now, at the hard time we have, we try to help them by the phone because some repairs, some advice can uh, help customers to fix the problem themselves, and we don't have to uh, make for them harder or sometimes stressful situations by coming to their homes. Right, and especially now because we're supposed to be, you know, physically distancing and and all that kind of stuff. So if you can help them over the phone, you're doing that, which is really good of you to uh, to do that. Hey, Andrew, I got to ask you a question. We were joking around earlier about this. When you walk into somebody's house to fix uh, fitness equipment, how often is their clothing hanging on that equipment? Uh, was taken off like five minutes before we came. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, you are dead right. You're absolutely right, Andrew. Um, so uh, what are people working out on these days at home? What's the hot piece of equipment right now? Uh, mostly 90% treadmills, then ellipticals, and uh, stationary bikes. Okay. And you're a repair guy, so help me out here. If somebody was going to spend some money on a piece of equipment for home to work out on, What's the best piece of equipment as far as never, ever having to call you to come and fix it? What are some good pieces of equipment to get? And that's a tough question. I will say it depends how much money you want to spend on the equipment. Right. Let's say I want to spend it a few hundred bucks. 200 bucks, you can buy nothing. <laughs> Can't buy nothing. I was at a few hundred bucks, but yeah, of course I'm being cheap. But you're saying at least a thousand bucks to get something decent, eh? No, I would say fifteen hundred. Wow! Yeah. Well, that's yes, probably you, why you I can buy. You can buy cheaper equipment, but yeah. after that, we have a calls to come and repair within sure. the twelve months. Yeah, and then you come, and then if you don't pay for it to get the good stuff in the beginning, you end up paying for it because you're paying a guy like you to come and fix the cheap stuff. Right. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Thanks a lot for. Cover. Yeah. What's that? Go, go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, when you buy better equipment, they have a better warranties, and you are covered from another side, from the side of warranty. Sure. Andrew, thanks then a lot we, for doing this. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. All right. Yeah, you too. That's Andrew. He's the owner of Perpetual Fitness Equipment. 
few of you were asking uh, by text and email about my mom, Ada. How's she doing? Of course, my mom is uh, into her 80s now, and she's uh, at a senior's home in Lethbridge, Alberta, and she loves it. She fought us for many years, and now that she's there, she loves it. So anyhow, I uh, called her up during the show yesterday. I says, hey, Mom, I want to call and talk to you, and then she backed out. My mom's sort of difficult. She likes coming on the radio, but she hates the idea of coming on the radio, if that makes any sense at all. So last night, I I called her up uh, from a line that she knew was mine, but she wouldn't think of it being a, a line that I would record her on. And, of course, yes, I was recording. So here's a phone call I made last night to my mom, Ada. Hello. Hi, Mom. How are you? How are you? You've been working out of the house, Dave. Yeah, for two weeks now. Like it better? Ah, no, it's more challenging. Yeah, I'd rather be at work. It's easier. Yeah. Yeah. How's it sound? Sounds good. Yeah? Yeah. You've been listening? Yeah. Pretty scary stuff, eh? That's for sure. How are you doing there at the home? We're staying in our rooms pretty well, and uh, but we do go for meals, and they cut down the amount of people in the dining room uh-huh. for each week, and we have to just two people at a table, and we have to keep our distance and right. stuff like that. Have you ever seen anything like this? No. No. I, I can't imagine. I, it's scary. Mm-hmm. And are they testing the workers when they come to work or not? I think they are taking their temperatures. Yeah. Right. They're yeah. taking their temperatures when they come. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well, I know they were because I talked to one about it. And uh, they can't come in. Uh, anybody can't come and visit or anything, yeah. And I guess a lot less social activities, eh? Oh, nothing, none. Nothing? Mm-mm. You bored? Uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. No, not really. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, we can't even do puzzles anymore. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, so. you know it's a pandemic when they shut down the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we sort of decided that on our own. Yeah. A lot of people have been asking about you. Really? Wondering how you're doing out there, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. But you're okay? I'm okay. I'm fine. A few of you were asking uh, by text and email about my mom, Ada, how she's doing. Of course, my mom is uh, into her 80s now, and she's uh, at a senior's home in Lethbridge, Alberta, and she loves it. She fought us for many years, and now that she's there, she loves it. So anyhow, I called her up during the show yesterday, and I says, hey, mom, I want to call and talk to you, and then she backed out. My mom's sort of difficult. She likes coming on the radio, but she hates the idea of coming on the radio. That makes any sense. Yeah. So last night... Oh, yes. I, I called yeah. her up. Is it tough uh, not seeing your friends there at home? She knew was mine, but she wouldn't think yeah. of it being a, a line that I would mm-hmm. record her on. And of course, yes, yeah. I was recording. Yeah. So here's a full well, call there, mom. I'm thinking about you. Ada. Well, thank you. So tell your friends in Winnipeg I miss them. Hello. Oh, hi, mom. I wish them well. How are you? Yeah. How are you? All right, mom. I love you. I love you too. Yeah, for about two weeks now. All right, so there's my mom, Ada. She's going to kill me uh, because no, she listens, and I think she was yeah. eating a banana or something easier. <laughs> when I was yeah. talking to her, yeah. though, so she's going to be sound? mad at me. Anyhow, Sounds so I, I taped yeah. that, yeah. right? You're she doesn't listening. know I taped it. Yeah. And then Pretty as I'm chopping stuff, that eh? up on my computer yeah, sure. uh, here, 
How are you doing She's there She's calling back. So I quickly uh, answered the phone, and of course she does this often. She forgets something that she wanted to say, and so this is part two of our conversation that she did not know I was taping. The only thing I remember is Grandma and Grandpa talking about a super distant happening. Right. I don't know if it was that. Have you ever seen anything like this? Yeah, Spanish flu. Spanish flu. Scary. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. And are they testing the yeah, workers when they come to work died. or not? And you remember them talking I about think that? They are taking yeah. their temperature. Well, they just said a right. lot of people died in yeah. the bad temperatures yeah. when they yeah. come. That's mm. what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 1918, I Spanish flu. Really? What did they do? They well, can't come in. I guess they did what we do now as best they could. I don't know. Yeah. And, I and guess do you a lot remember less polio? social activities? Eh? Yes, I do. Oh, nothing. And did you have any friends nothing. that got polio? You bored? Uh, no, uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. But no, it was not a, really. It was a I'm scary okay. time because yeah. everybody can't even worry do puzzles about anymore. Kids. Oh my goodness! There yeah. were some that had sure. You know it's a pandemic yeah. when they shut down awful. the puzzles. Every, must have been every parent's fear. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we well, we'll just wash our hands. Yeah. We'll stay home. A lot of people yeah. have been asking about you. We'll yeah. all be okay. Really? Wondering how you're yeah. doing out there. Okay, yeah. Mom, have a good night. Thank you. Yeah. But your mom is. She had to call back and say that she remembers Granny's taking care of you. Is she coming to see you at all, or is she staying away too? Was the Spanish flu. So as I said, I'm going to get a heck from my mom, Ada, later. Because I recorded that and aired it, but you now have an update on my mom. She's fine. And I worry about her. I worry about her. I worry about my mother-in-law, who's in her 70s, uh, here. And um, I worry for your parents and grandparents, too. And if we stay home, wash our hands, don't touch our face, physical distance between people. But better yet, just stay home. We'll get through this. Well, hang in there, Mom. I'm we thinking really about will. you. Well, thank you. So tell your friends in Winnipeg I miss them. Aw. And I wish them well. Yeah. All right, Mom. I love you. I love you, too, dear. Bye-bye. Hey, bye-bye. All right, so there's my mom, Ada. She's going to kill me because she listens, and I think she was eating a banana or something when I was talking to her there, so she's going to be mad at me. Anyhow, so I taped that, right? She doesn't know I taped it. And then as I'm chopping that up on my computer uh, here, she's calling back. So I quickly uh, answered the phone, and of course she does this often. She forgets something that she wanted to say. And so this is part two of our conversation that she did not know I was taping. The only thing I remember is Grandma and Grandpa talking about a flu that happened, I don't know if it was 2018 or 1918. Yeah, Spanish flu. Huh? Spanish flu. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, and a lot of people died. And you remember them talking about that? Yeah. Well, they just said a lot of people died, and it was a bad flu. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 1918, Spanish flu. Really? What did they do then? Well, I Quarantine? guess they did what we do now as best they could. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do you remember polio? Yes, I do. And did you have any friends that got polio? And No. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a scary time because everybody worried about their kids and there yeah. were some that had sure. polio. Yeah. But it was awful. Every must have been every parent's fear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just wash our hands, we'll stay home yeah. and hopefully we'll all be okay. I hope so. Yeah. Okay, mom, have a good night. Thank you. Good night.
My mom, Ada, she had to call back and say that she remembers grandma, my grandma and grandpa talking about uh, a bad flu, which, of course, was was the Spanish flu. So as I said, I'm going to get heck, a heck from uh, my mom, Ada, later because I recorded that and aired it. But you now have an update on my mom. She's fine. And I worry about her. I worry about her. I worry about my mother-in-law, who's in her 70s uh, here. And um, I worry for your parents and grandparents, too. And if we stay home, wash our hands, don't touch our face, physical distance between people, but better yet, just stay home, we'll get through this. We really will. Sorry, Cam Poitras, producing the show back there at CGOB. My coffee took a little longer to make in the kitchen than I than I thought, but uh, I am back, and Dr. <laughs> Cyrus Dirksen joins us on the phone, drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y, uh, D-R-S-Y. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, well, it is it is walk-to-work day today, so I did. I walked from the kitchen to my uh, home studio here. <sighs> Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, drcyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. Doc, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thank it. you very much uh, for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, a um, couple things before we get to our prepared content here uh, that I wanted to ask you about. We have a conference call every morning, and a few things came up, and I said, well, I'll ask Cyrus about that. It's interesting. There are people out there that they get a mm-hmm. scratchy throat or their eyes water and they go, oh, have I got it, right? Have I got COVID-19? Mm-hmm. And then there are other people who have not changed their lives at all and seem to think they're invincible. Explain that psychology between those two types of people, and most of us are in the middle somewhere. The truth is that uh, people are not very good at complex risk assessment. Uh, we just don't engage in that process very well. And there's lots of um, kind of, it's, it's easy to pick out uh, it in research where people just don't really engage in that process very well. People will tend to overreact. Uh, and I'm not talking about any specifics here, but they do in research tend to overreact uh, in complex situations and they tend to underreact in complex situations. And so uh, usually people will use their social surroundings as a way of like quickly making decisions about uh, how to manage situations like this. So they'll use it as a shortcut. Like, I don't know what to do, so I'll just do what what Bob's doing or whatever. You know, like, that guy's doing that. Maybe I'll do the same thing. So uh, we'll we'll use that, which can create, like, a herd mentality. Uh, So we try to skip the process just because it's a lot to think about. Uh, I actually went through this with a client just today, talking through all the different factors on whether to, like, make a simple decision in their life. And it was like, okay, what's the risk for you? What's the, you know, what's the risk for them? Like, how important is this to you? How important is this decision to you? And it's like, it took, you know, like a good, you know, half an hour just to go through the different factors that actually uh, do that. And people just don't like to do it, especially when it causes them anxiety. So people will just skip the process and say, hey, I'm fine. Or they'll skip the process and say, I have to do everything I can, um, you know, even if it stops making sense. So uh, our brain just likes uh, simplicity, and sometimes that causes some problems. That makes sense because, you know, we're seeing a lot of young people during spring break. There were hun- thousands of young kids hanging out with each other on beaches in Florida, right? And we're hearing mm-hmm. reports even locally of uh, groups of young people 
training on fields together, right? Whatever the sport happens mm-hmm. to be. And I don't want to, again, I, I hate it when we, you know, label young people or millennials. I, it makes me sound real old, but that makes <laughs> sense because I think some young people see other young people not doing what they need to be doing mm-hmm. and they go, oh, I guess I'll do that. Mm-hmm. People aren't necessarily going to use politicians or uh, health advisors as their uh, reference group. They're going to use their peers. They're going to use the people that they respect in their lives or that they want to belong to uh, as their reference group. So when you're saying, oh, why isn't you know, this person listening to the, you know, to the government or whatever, it's just because they're listening to their friend. You know, like that. They're listening to the person around them, the person that actually matters to them. Parents experience this all the time, right, where it's like, well, you know, last year, Fred was like such a good listener. He listened to me. He was the best kid ever. Now he's doing all these horrible things. He's like, he's still listening. He's just listening to somebody else. And uh, so he hasn't changed. You're just not the person he's listening to anymore. So kids are good listeners and they can think just, you know, very similarly to the way that we do. They just, uh, they just don't listen to us. They're listening to their reference group, to the people that they trust. And uh, those people are maybe, like you said, playing on the beach or on a football field. Okay. Now the other one I wanted to ask you about, uh, it kind of relates to this. There's so much, I get up every morning. I'm usually up by five or five thirty in the morning. I listen to the start. I'm preparing my show. I listen to Jeff's show. I'm preparing mm-hmm. my show. I do my show. Mm-hmm. After my show, I probably spend another hour kind of wrapping up, making some calls, getting a little bit ready for the next day. And then if I miss it live, I go and watch the Donald Trump uh, COVID-19 news conference on YouTube. So I am, but I'm in this business, right? Where I need to know mm-hmm. what's going on. But what, and my wife, some, like last night, Jackie looked at me and she said, all right, enough. And for her, she had reached a point where she didn't want to hear any more about this. So how mm-hmm. much is too much? Is it different for every person, uh, Cyrus? Because we want to know what's going on, but we also don't want to overload, do we? No, that's right. I mean, when you're trying to manage your mental health, exposure to negative, disappointing, alarming stimuli is going to be uh, you know, increasing your emotional response. And so I think it's really important to balance the need to make accurate decisions with, um, with potentially just anxiety arousing, uh, you know, information that's just repeating things maybe you've already heard. You actually, or I think the big thing to ask yourself when you're exposing yourself to this is, do I actually need to know any more than I do right now in order to make the decisions that I, that I have to make moving forward? And and I think you need to pay attention to that answer because if you're like, yeah, I actually know everything I need to know, then yeah, maybe it's time to go and do something else. Um, and I mean, we all maybe need to, you know, to some degree, be able to follow this in order to make those risk assessments and, and daily decisions. But I think if you go beyond that too far, you're going to be causing yourself some unnecessary uh, distress over time. Well, and what makes it worse is many of us are at home without a job or we're working Mm -hmm. from home and we do have more time to follow what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a double whammy in a way. I mean, when you can, people are attracted to shifts in power. We like to see the dynamics that are happening in other people's lives and in ours. And this actually has a personal impact. So what we're actually seeing right now doesn't often happen where what you're the disaster that you're seeing on the news right now is actually impacting your life personally and that doesn't always happen usually you're just watching it and it's kind of like it kind of impacts me a little bit that that happened to that guy but not really uh i don't really need to know that it's not really affecting my life whereas now it's it is 
So it's become kind of this entertaining thing where we just like to watch, you know, changes in power. And it's also somewhat or more than usual uh, personally relevant on like what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen the day after that, and what's going to happen with my money. So it becomes very, uh, people can become very obsessed and over-involved very easily because it's entertaining and personally relevant and you can just get thrown into it. And it can become then very emotionally upsetting and alarming. That's interesting what you said about people what did you say are attracted to or interested in shifts in power because aside from COVID-19 I often wonder why we make celebrities out of people and then we like to drag Mm -hmm. them down it seems eh we want to understand we're desperate to understand how the world works so what we're going to be watching is um, we're going to be watching the world in a way to help us understand how to get what we need and how to get what we want and what we need is like connection we need influence we need finances. And so when that stuff is in motion, it's kind of like that's why we're interested in stories. When that stuff is in motion, when we see something happening to a celebrity, it becomes this uh, cautionary tale for us on how to live our lives. Oh, that person is getting a lot of connection and they're dressing this way. Maybe if I dress that way, I'll get connection. So it, it becomes these lessons for us. So we are very interested when power changes because we're interested in power, interested in influence. We're very interested in connection and, and how that's happening in other people's lives because we want connection. And so we're, we're trying to learn. Our brain is trying to understand how the world works. So whenever you see something minor, but even more so something major, like, oh, my goodness, there's an ambulance. What happened there? How can I understand that? I'm so fascinated with this because I don't want to be in an ambulance. So I want to understand what happened to that person uh, so I understand how this world works. And what happens in those situations, it's so dynamic. And the bigger the power of motion, the more our brain just gets fascinated because we want to understand how that works in order to apply it to our own life. Let's stay in touch as we go through this. And let's try and help others. We're certainly trying to help here at CJOB. It's called CJOB Give Back. You can find out more at the website, cjob.com. And I'm just looking at the site right now. It's a page at cjob.com. And basically what it is is organizations that normally rely on your help to help others, basically explaining their situation during the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Little videos you can see, uh, Children's Rehab Foundation. I'll just mention a few as I scroll through the page here. Habitat for Humanity, uh, Movement Center of Manitoba. And every Friday... We're going to have a, an interview here on my show, probably at around this time, just after the 3 o'clock news, and we'll chat with one of those organizations about their needs, CGOB Give Back. And joining us on the phone now, the Executive Director of the Kidney Foundation here in Manitoba, Val Dunphy. Val, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you today? Excellent. Thank you so much for doing this. I see your video at uh, CGOB Give Back at CGOB.com. Let me just read the quote, and then that'll be my first question for you. Uh, it says here, nearly 2,000 people must have dialysis treatments to stay alive each and every week, and transportation options right now are very challenging. I can imagine. Yes, that is the case. So with dialysis patients, they need the replacement therapy, their kidneys are not working. And that means traveling to a dialysis center, either in the city or in their home community, and being on dialysis for probably four and a half to five hours from beginning to end, and then traveling home and doing it again the next day after, like three times a week is what's necessary to clean your blood properly. And so how are you managing then 
with those transportation issues? Well, it's the people affected by kidney disease that we're really worried about, and we are hearing from very many of them that this is more challenging as their neighbours or maybe family members that used to transport them before are now self-isolating or just not Mm. able to take them, uh, more concerned, of course. And um, even the buses uh, running as well as they are, there's social distancing now, and that causes uh, even more issues for uh, people that are challenged in this manner. Yeah, and I imagine, you know, kidney disease, somebody who requires dialysis treatments, I mean, that would be considered an underlying health issue, and we know that people that have underlying health issues are at more risk. Yes, that's a real concern, yes. And so uh, the average person that's listening right now, Val, what can they do? Is it money? Uh, if they can help with some money, is that what you need? Explain what it, what you'd like to see from people. Well, certainly donations will help. We had to uh, delay three of our events this month. They were third-party events, and we've had to postpone one of our major events for May already. Um, So certainly we fundraise for our patient services, and uh, with those dollars that we would typically get in, we're able to give short-term financial assistance grants to families affected by kidney disease. And very often that is for transportation to get to or from dialysis. It may be for medications or it may be for very basic needs. Um, Right now, the grants are for $200 each. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but for many, many families, that is uh, critical dollars. And truthfully, we have so many requests that that is why we limit it to $200 once a year. But as these these times are so challenging, we're getting more and more requests, as you would imagine. And I guess the best way for people to help out is to go to the website kidney.ca. Is that right? That's a great way, or we can also uh, help you on the phone. Um, if you want to give us a call with your credit card, it's 204-989-0800. We're happy to chat with you. And if I could just mention, if it's patients or family members that would like to call us, uh, please reach out to us at that number also. 989-0800, correct? Correct. Nine eight nine zero eight hundred nine eight nine zero eight zero 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 or kidney dot ca. Val, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time and all the best. How may I just say that we think CJOB and Global are wonderful to do this initiative, and we want to give a great shout out to the dialysis nurses and social workers that are working so very hard for people affected by kidney disease in these days. You just did. I'm glad you got that in. And you know what, Val? I'll I'll just include you in this thought as we were wrapping up there. You know, so much about right now we can't control, right? You know, people have lost their jobs, can't control it. People are staying at home, have to, can't control that. You know what we can control? We can control helping organizations like yours. It doesn't need to be much, but we can control that. And I think at a time like this, We want to try and find some things we can control. We can control helping organizations like yours. Thank you. We'd really appreciate that. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.